Morning, team. Oh, God. Monday, 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 Monday. No World Cup. Come- I said they'd come home. I bumped into a guy, Marks and Spencers, yesterday, and he said, uh, Will you be watching the football today, sir? I looked round, thinking he's talking to somebody else. And uh, I said, no. He said, not a football fan? I said, no. I said, I, I predict they'll be back on the coach later on. I said, I think the score will be 2-0 to Germany. Huh, how wrong could I be? 4-1. And uh, a couple of things struck me. Firstly, at the end of the match, a lot of them were swapping shirts. It's such a shame they didn't sh- uh, swap their legs. And then we might have won. Because, frankly, the bunch of girls running around on that field yesterday... Somebody, somebody put it very aptly and said, individually, the England team are very good. As a team, they can't play for toffee. And you know why? Ego. The trouble is, we've built them up and we're going, Frank Lampard is fantastic. All right, he scored a goal, but it was disallowed. And everybody argued over that. But the bookies are paying out on it. They're paying out on Lampard scoring. So that's good news if he puts some money on that one. Uh, Christine Bleakley's in the papers with her head in her hands, like she knows what on earth is going on on the pitch. Not a clue. Flo- and the wags have all got to come home again. Only just got there some of them. We've got to turn around and come all the way back again. So no shopping or anything like that. You know, just straight home again. And frankly, I don't know what the answer is. Because quite clearly, because we've built these people up, nobody is working as a team. And I know, bugger all about football, but I watched it and I'm on the phone and I've got a friend of mine on the phone and I'm going, and I I, I said, I can't believe I'm sitting here talking about football. I don't do football. Anybody will tell you I don't do football. But I watched it and I'm thinking at one point, even I can see that if the Germans are kicking the ball down the pitch, where are the England team? They were all having a cup of tea up the other end. It was... It was almost, yes, it was, they, 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 they just kicked the ball to, to nobody. And then at one point, we were all bunched up in a corner, but the ball was halfway down the blooming pitch. I mean, they, it's just ridiculous. And you know why? Because they cannot work together, because they've all got such big egos, because individually they're all great, but as a team they cannot play together. And it's like having a wheel. And if one or two of the spokes are missing... You don't have anything going. The wheel's not going to go round, and that's exactly what we did yesterday. All right, I could have understood it, you know, if if Lampard's goal had been allowed, and they'd have gone, okay, 2-1. Not, I'm sorry, 3-1. Oh, look, they've scored again 4-1. Well, at that moment, we should have shaken hands and buggered off the bloody pitch, because we were useless. No two ways. For people earning up to £150,000 a week, a week, this is about £7.2 a year, Frank, I mean, you know, you'd be better off just doing a reality show. Want to be a professional footballer? We give you, you know, even if we give you 30 grand a week. 30 grand. People kill for 30 grand a week. And this lot of ninnies, they won't be remotely interested. In the, they'll come back. They'll have to do the usual bit, which is all looking a little bit depressed. But then they'll get home and go, yeah, still got 150 grand a week, haven't we? I mean, Stephen Gerrard as captain, what a useless piece of work he was. I mean, it, it just did not work. You know why? Because you'd imagine Gerard going, OK, Rooney, I want you to do this and do that. And he's going, who do you think you're talking to? I'm Wayne Rooney, mate. I earn 150000 a week. Don't tell me what to do. Because you can't tell any of them. Because they're all up their own rear ends. Anyway, enough of that. Whatever it was, it was ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. So the swapping of the shirts at the end, you know, and hugging and all doing that kind of... Not surprised the Germans were patronising us on the news a minute ago, going, oh, yeah, you know. Well, the England team played well. Well, of course they did if, if they were both left-footed and they'd never played a game of football in their lives before. Germany played well. Young team. And they tried. And once they got that first goal, and then they just followed in. If I, I thought I was watching a replay 
of the goals. No, these were goals going in. In fact, at one moment I would say, oh, I think I'm watching a rig. They've just scored again. <laughs> you can understand why people are pictured in the stadium, you know, tears. I mean, I'm not that emotional about the whole thing. I'm just thinking, if we're paying somebody 150000 a week and they can't even score a goal over a junior team from Germany, we might as well just pack up now. Might as well just pack up and go home. And they are packing up, and they're all packing their little bags. And uh, all, all the poor little wags will have to come home. Hardly worth flying out there, was it, girls? Well, of course, we knew it wasn't worth uh, flying out. Uh, they're calling for Fabio's head. He won't resign. It'll be up to the FA to decide. Uh, and they've got lots of pictures, you know, around the country. People in Bristol, people in Glastonbury. Do you know, actually, Glastonbury and Biganil were the only two decent events of the weekend. Glastonbury, because I watched... Uh, the other day, and I watched a couple of groups on, and then yesterday I watched Ray Davis. And Ray Davis, Ray Davis was really good. Really good. Did Kenwood. Well, he brought on the Crouch End Choir as well, and so they did Days, and they did uh, all that. It was just, he was really good. The crowd loved him. It was really, really good. So Glastonbury, I was very pleased about the weather. Last year, of course, Glastonbury, they were knee-deep in mud. He said, it's the first time I played Glastonbury. He said, and it's not raining. And so we all sweltered yesterday. People got burnt to pieces. The England team, as I say, the bunch of girls' blouses out there. Uh, so Glastonbury was very good. Biggin Hill, baking. Baking, baking, baking. But fantastic. Really, really, really good day out. And I did say on air, I said, you know, I didn't really want to come down here, but now I'm there, it just brought all the memories flooding back. And, uh, and they asked me what it was like to be back on a, an airfield again, having spent most of my life on airfields. And strangely enough, I said it all comes... If, when you actually live uh, on, a, on a base, you tend not to think about what goes on around you. I, I never thought... When, when my dad took me up to, you know, to the aircraft, we, we, that's what we saw every day, so I never thought it was special. People at Biggin Hill, you only see it once, you know, the year when the red arrows came in. We, we, we were quite used to flying displays. We never thought anything about it. Planes whizzing overhead every minute of the day. It just didn't... It's like working in a sweet shop. And they go, oh, what's it like having all those sweets? You go, I don't know, don't even notice them. It's like if you live under the flight path at Heathrow, people say, what's it like with all the planes going overhead? I say, I never hear them. I never hear the planes. I know they're there, but after the first six months, you just ignore them. And so it was the same for us living at Coningsby and all the other bases that we lived on. And I didn't think anything about it. The only time I thought about it is when the public came in for open days and, uh, and we wanted, and all of a sudden the base was full of strange people who wanted to see aeroplanes. And then you go to Biggin Hill. There were as many people outside the perimeter fence with huge camera lenses. Uh, one man even brought a stepladder so he could stand on the steps and peer over the fence to take pictures of the plane. They're real, they're real plane anoraks out there. But it was, it was just really, really good. It, it, was, it was very good. Just, it was a shame it was so hot. Because I cannot do heat. I'm, I'm absolute rubbish at doing the heat. But anyway, at least we've made it to Monday. So it's nice to be company. Another week of uh, broadcasting. Thank you, incidentally, yesterday. We had a bit of a, a, bit of a do with, uh, with Carl and Johnny because we decided, as we were twittering yesterday, and we, we twittered pictures of um, Biggin Hill. And if you want to see them, you just go to lbc.co.uk forward slash Twitter. Click on Steve Allen, because there's all the presenters there. But if you click on Steve Allen, it will put up my page. And then you can see the photos that we took at Biggin Hill and the picture of, uh, of Johnny and Carl yesterday and Andrew Pierce, and the pictures of my hanging baskets, which actually are doing quite well. If you have a look at the numbers on that, it's either the right or the left-hand side, you'll see that we're doing quite well. I mean, it was nice to get pictures of Andrew Pierce up there, and uh, everybody else was having a, a good look at them. But we got more, more views to the hanging baskets. <laughs> Which actually makes me feel quite good, because it was only a short while ago that we got more views to the coffee machine than we did to me. 
So at least the hanging baskets uh, are up there. Noreen says, uh, really enjoyed Tony yesterday. So Tony will be coming back on the programme again. And uh, there's a picture of Tony up there as well. That's had a few thousand hits. So that's quite... You were all very good yesterday. I'll find out later on today who won the iPad. And I'll let you know what it went for. Okay, I'll do that on tomorrow. But the Tony... Uh, sorry, Tony. Noreen is going away this morning for Brian's belated birthday present. He doesn't know where we're going and won't till the last minute. I hope to be able to email and we'll tell you where we are on Tuesday. What a lovely idea of sort of not knowing where... I, I quite like surprises. When somebody goes, right, I'm not going to tell you where we're going. Where do you think we go? I'm not going to tell you. Why? Give me a clue. No, I'm not going to give you a clue. Well, where are we? I can't tell you. I like surprise. I've had surprises before, actually. And, in fact, uh, even Dawn says uh, it was my 18th wedding anniversary yesterday. She said, time flies. We had a, a few nice hours at Hampton Court Palace and finally saw your image or shadow of a woman in a window, which you told us all about. It's very clever. See, I knew it was... I thought it was going mad when you said you couldn't see it because I saw it all the time. After that, we went to your tapas bar and ate too much... She said, it's a good job we don't live too, too near that tapas. That's Pinchos at the end of Church Street. She said, because we've been there all the time. She said, can you wish Noreen and Brian a lovely time on their holiday? They go today. I won't say where it is. They're off to because it's a surprise. It was for Brian's 60th. So there you go. So everybody, everybody looking uh, very, very well. There's also something taking place in Peterborough. And I only mention it uh, because a lady called Rosemary's written in. And it's the, uh, the Mobility Roadshow that takes place from the 1st to the 3rd of July at the East of England showground up in Peterborough. And uh, this is uh, if you're disabled and you want to buy a new car and test drive. And uh, it says the, normally it consists of being taken for a ride by a salesperson. Well, up here, uh, you don't accept that. At the Mobility Roadshow, everybody who needs a little help with driving, whether through disability or advancing years, can choose from over 50 adapted vehicles and seek advice uh, from people who manufacture here and on the continent. So there you go. So it's, uh, it's up uh, in Peterborough, the East of England showground. I'm sure if you type in free mobility roadshow, I'm sure you'll find all the, uh, the details there. So it's good. The first one was in 1983. So uh, that'll be for all the people... Uh, in London, who want to go up there and have a look. Thank you, uh, Rosemary, for telling us about that. Uh, there is actually... I've just discovered the website. It's www.mobilityroadshow.co.uk. Mobilityroadshow.co.uk. And I've just realised I forgot to tell you yesterday the story about how I fell out with the RNLI at Biggin Hill. I'll tell you about that after this. These are the headlines. England manager Fabio Capello is to meet members of the Football Association to discuss his future after the team crashed out of the World Cup in Germany. A man's been stabbed to death in Essex after becoming involved in an argument at a concert. The 38-year-old victim was found collapsed on a street in Southend on Saturday night after the concert in the park event. And world leaders at the G20 summit in Canada say they're committed to slashing their budget deficits in half by 2013. They've agreed a package of measures to cut deficits, stimulate growth and return stability to financial markets. Let's have a check on the state of the roads for you this morning. It's Matt Jones. Thank you, Steve. Yes, good morning. Uh, pretty good so far out there. Uh, the so, Saturday, Biggin Hill. I go down there and we leave early. Okay, we leave early. It doesn't take that long. We're there by about quarter to eight. It takes a bit of time getting in. And everybody said to me, listen, you'll see a queue of cars going in. Just jump it because you've got press pass and all the rest of it. But the queue wasn't that big. So we just queued and we bumped along this little road and then we went through a field. It's made my tyres green. Which I'm not happy about it. But anyway, that's all, it's neither 
here nor there. So we go and uh, we check in with LBC and we have a look at the setup. It's all very nice. It all looks fantastic. And then we decide to go and have a wander around because it's baking hot. The good thing that they've got down there, or the one thing that they've implemented, I think this year as opposed to any other year, is if you go and buy a cup of coffee, nobody's going to rip you off. They're all charging the same price. So, in other words, if you find it at £2.51 place, which seems about the average price, and it was good coffee, actually. It wasn't, really wasn't bad coffee. Normally, these places, it's absolute rubbish, but it was quite good coffee for £2.50, so I didn't mind uh, paying that. And the burgers are the same price. And they say that if, the, if you find somewhere where they're trying to rip you off, you report them, and they'll, they'll close them down. They're, they're coming down quite hard on it. The other thing you had to be careful of was people selling raffle tickets. A lot of people just come at you going, do you want to buy raffle tickets? Well, you don't know who they are. If they're wearing a uniform, we did buy from, from some of the people. But uh, just somebody, as we were going out into the car park, there's a, a young girl standing there, not wearing a uniform or a badge, just going, do you want to buy a raffle ticket? Is it, no, I don't want to buy a raffle ticket from you. Anyway, so we're walking around and we're having a look at all the stalls because they've got, you know, memorabilia from Concord and they've got this and that and all the charities are represented and help for heroes and the RNLI which Darren supports. And so he bought some raffle... The guy said, it was like to buy some raffle tickets. And so Darren, Darren buys some raffle tickets. So I'm sort of having a look at the stall and what they've got to say and badges and all the rest of it. And, uh, and I'm sort of... My mind is... I'm just sort of thinking, well, Darren's going to buy his tickets. I don't... I tend not to buy tickets for, for charity events just like that because I thought you, you can support so many charities and I tend to just do one. I tend to do just diabetes because I, I tend not to spread myself that thin. And, and the one thing we are good at in this country is giving to charity. And there's no doubt about it, we give to charity. I mean, by God, do we give. So anyway, so this guy says, uh, you're going to buy a, a raffle ticket? So I said, I'm not. I'm not. He said, but just think, he said, you're on holiday. He said, and something happens. He said, you need to call out, call out the RNLI. So I said, I don't do holidays. So he said, right. He said, but there you are, he said, on the river at home. He said, and you need to call out the R-N-L-I. And I said, I don't do the river at home. And he said, right. <laughs> he said, you're not going to buy a ticket, are you? I said, I'm not. He said, I've just recognised your voice. He said, I should have known better. And I said, I know. I said, I tend only to do Diabetes UK. Because it's, it, as I say, you, I mean, occasionally I do other little... But you could literally be handing out money left, right and centre. It'd be so easy to get rid of 50 to £100 pounds on raffle tickets. I mean, I've got a pocket full of the things at the moment at home where apparently I could win a speedboat. What a fat lot of use that is to me. But I'd read the, the RNLI, you see, if I... So then I'd take more money out there. But anyway, he's obviously a listener, so uh, well done to... I'm sure they had a very good couple of days. It was baking out there in the middle of the field. It, it was so hot. It was so hot. But it was lovely. It was very, very nice. Hottest day of the year. And they say it's going gonna, it's gonna to stay summery. I'm hoping for a bit of rain later on today. I'm looking forward to a bit of rain. Because I, I watered my um, tomatoes. Because they drink it. My God, do tomatoes drink water? Strawberries you can leave for a couple of days. And they seem to survive quite nicely. And my hanging baskets, as you've seen on lbc.co.uk forward slash Twitter. Click on the Steve Allen link, which is in the middle of the page. It's got all the presenters. And then you can have a look at the hanging baskets. They're about the fifth one down. Uh, and the, uh, the temperature at Gravesend hit 30. 30.3. 86.5 degrees at 2pm. <sighs> if you didn't... Actually, luckily, what LBC had at Biggin Hill, we had loads and loads of uh, sun cream. I never put any on. I don't I was covered up. I, well, I was covered up. I had a hat on and uh, had a jacket on, so I was all covered up. 
I did, I did look a bit peculiar. Even I thought I looked a bit peculiar, but there again, tell me a day where I don't look peculiar. I can't help it. It's my age, I think. Uh, Gabby Roslin, according to the Mirror Today, this is a, a story poached from yesterday's papers. That could have been in the Sunday Mirror. They say, uh, could be reunited with Chris Evans on the one show after Christine Bleakley's shock defection. See, I've heard all the updates on the Christine Bleakley, and I've heard as well who was going to be doing the newly revamped breakfast show on GMTV until Adrian Childs defected, having put on his queenie fits. And, uh, and that the other person they'd already spoken to and another woman, all of a sudden, were out of the frame but didn't know about it till the Monday morning till it was in the press. It was, all, it was all a done deal, really. But now they say Gabby Roslin could be reunited with Chris Evans. Now, I have it on reasonably good authority he won't do the Friday. The reason being, he doesn't need the money. He's doing a five-day-a-week programme on the radio. Why would you want to finish at ten in the morning and then go back into a TV studio at five in the evening? You must be blooming mad. But Gabby, they say, is being lined up for the chat show with Chris on Friday. No, she's not. No, she's not. If you read this story, it's another load of old bunkum, I'm afraid. Uh, They say here she's also hoping to get the Monday to Thursday slot. No, you won't. I'm really sorry, Gabby. I mean, I know, Sweet Pea, you know, you you did work with him about 500 years ago, and that's why, of course, they've not teamed you up with anybody since, because they're looking for something different. They're not looking for a Fiona Phillips. They're not looking for any of the people who are... They're looking for something new. And I'm afraid, just because you've got a very good agent... Well, I did look on Melinda Messenger's agent page. Melinda Messenger is described as model, presenter, actress. Actress? Well, I know, I know. And No, it's... Well, I don't know... Oh, it could be for a panto work, being an actress. Oh, that's a point, yes. But unfortunately, they haven't updated her agent's page on Melinda Messenger. uh, Because they say she can be seen every day on the uh, the five o'clock show on Channel 5. No, she can't, because she fell out with Mr Wright. And that was it. Anyway, just going back to, to Gabby, um, at the moment, a source said Gabby and Chris together would be amazing. Everybody's been trying to make it happen. They used to have really great chemistry. Yeah, that was about 500 years ago. They haven't had any chemistry since. I don't know why people make up this bunker, unless it's the agent trying to shove people in there. And uh, Bleakley has accepted this deal. And uh, Gabby is said to face competition from Melanie Sykes, Emma Bunton and Mylene Class. None of them. None of them. None of, no, not Melanie Sykes. Melanie Sykes, strangely enough, is in the papers today because together with um, Denise Van Outen, they're going to be presenting the five o'clock show, which Lenny Henry made such a hash of. He was all right for day one, and then it tailed off, I'm afraid. And so you've got Melanie Sykes and uh, Denise Van Outen, and they're looking forward to working together. The last time they did, of course, was for an FHM shoot. So they've both done another one for FHM in a desperate attempt to get somebody to watch them. So at least they've got a showreel to show people. But uh, I predict that it will be a total disaster. And I'll tell you why. Because I know how double acts work. And it doesn't matter if you're the best friends in the world. If there's no chemistry, there's no chemistry. And I don't care who you are. To work as a double act is really, really difficult. Because somebody wants to emerge as the one who is best. I don't care, unless, you know, you're not competitive, in which case you shouldn't be in the business at all. So you never work with people. I mean, I, I did a, um, a double-headed show on LBC years ago with Therese Birch. And Therese Birch used to do our fix-it phone-in. And she was very good, and I was very good. The, th- the, the problem was we couldn't work together. And so we had a double-headed show for three hours. 
And so we didn't actually fall out, but we, we decided after about the first week of doing the programme where you both try and get your, your point of view across. It's very difficult. And so I said, I'll tell you what, why don't we do it this way, Therese? We start the programme. Hello, it's Therese Birch. Hello, I'm Steve Allen. She did the first hour. I did the second hour. She did the third hour. And I think we, it must have been a four-hour show because I came back again. And so she could then go early one week and then we swapped it around the, the following weeks. So it worked really well. So we both got to our programme. And never the twain shall meet. And I've heard other breakfast shows on LBC over the years where they've tried to put people together and it, it doesn't work. The, the, you've got to have a chemistry. So Denise Van Outen and Melanie Sykes. I mean, Melanie Sykes, who I don't think has been on television for a while. And, of course, you've now got another person added into it who's arrived back in the country and is desperately touting for work, Katie Hill. Now, cast your mind back, Katie Hill was the former Blue Peter presenter who chucked her husband and went off with Trey Farley... Went to live in America. They've had uh, a couple of children. She's come back to the country and she's now saying here she's keen to get back to TV work. I think the last bit of television work she did was an advert for a toothpaste. Do you remember? That was, and she's keen to get back to TV. It's a Sensodyne. She says, I really like doing live stuff. It's so much fun, so I'll be interested to see what comes up. Nothing. I shouldn't think. I mean, it's just, people just turn up now, don't they? Somebody did say to me, very funny, at the Elton John party, a friend of mine went to the Elton John party and said they had Lady Gaga, who was doing the, uh, the, uh, the entertainment. But because it was sponsored by OK, you had to have some of the naff people from OK. You know, as years ago, you'd have, you know, the really, really posh people and it would really attract loads and loads of big money. So this year, you had Kerry Katona turning up in a minibus with Claire Powell, the fabulous Claire, and all her, aid, all her acts, including Peter Andre... And uh, Alexis Curran. Is it Alexis Curran? Alex Curran. She was there as well. Normally the sort of people who you wouldn't want at a party. You know, if you turned up to a party and there was Kerry Katona there, you'd be out the door so fast. But because it was OK, they've got to fill it with people who appeal to their down-market readers. And they go for people like Kerry Katona, who's still trying to get her career back on uh, on spec again, which is very good, isn't it? I like that. quite like that. Just on a job there. More than 10,000 staff at job centres are facing the dole as the government announces it's axing one in eight jobs. I wonder if you're a civil servant, if you, if you kind of panic over whether or not they're going to get rid of you or keep you now. Bit difficult, isn't it, I suppose, in this day and age? You start, start worrying about all these things. So, wait a minute, I've been a civil servant for a few years. Will they still keep me? Will we get a job in a Harry Potter film? Because it's, it's coming up, isn't it, this one? Is Harry still the number one? The number... OK, play play along with it yourself. Uh, I love the idea, actually, that Harry Potter... They're, they're doing the last film, because I've, if, if you watch it, you watch him grow up. It's like the only fools and horses. You know, you watch him in the early ones, and then you watch the later ones, and you suddenly realise just how difficult it is. Um, there's a, there's a, a lovely picture here of a, of a robin nibbling your nuts. I don't know whether or not sometimes you've been out there. I mean, I have been out at Christmas, and I have... Uh, I've, I've got my nuts out for the robins. And, uh, and I've, I'm a good old go at them. You know, so especially along the riverbank. Because robins, unfortunately, being so tiny, you have to put food out for them. Because they can't get down to the snow. So if you're one of these lucky people who doesn't mind, you know, walking along with a little bag of nuts. And you just sort of, I just drop them surreptitiously. And because my phone makes the noise like a robin, I can actually communicate with them. And yeah, I've got all the different bird calls on here. And so if... I don't know why you think that's peculiar. It's quite normal, actually, to have uh, bird calls. And, in fact, after the... Uh, well, no, because the reason I've, I've got bird, bird calls on here, and I'll explain this to you very briefly after the news, is because I'm in touch with British wildlife. 
And, uh, and I think if you can talk to the animals, then you can learn all their little ways and stuff like that. Mad, isn't it, really? LBC 97.3 it's only are dead. 28 minutes to six. Now, going back to the Robin. Now, Robins are very territorial. And so, on my phone, I have the... Uh, you see? The sound of a Robin. Now, you know, all over the country, there'll be Robins going, Hello, what's going on? They'll be looking round in absolute amazement. That, that's their song. This is their call. Isn't that marvellous? There'll be robins now saying, who's, who's trying to speak to me? They'll be looking round, going, who is that? I can do tits as well. In fact, actually, tits I am particularly good at. But I've, I bought this, this app. I can't remember the thing. Go away now. Uh, it's an app, and it's called Birds UK. And it's got all the birds of the UK and all their different calls. So you learn to, you know, you, you get to learn to do all these different things. And you can do bird call. You know, curl you. You know, lesser spotted, and uh, and and people identify them, and it's like when you when you're in the, the cubs and the scouts, you learn how to tie knots, and you do you know it's a reef knot and that's a sheep shank and that's you know something else. You do all these different, and I had badges in the scouts, quite painful actually, and uh, and I and I got badges and everything and for for doing, it. and then we left Hong Kong and I came back here and I never carried on doing it. It's a bit of a shame, isn't it? Uh, headline forecast for today. I know you're worried. You're looking out the window and you're thinking, what's the weather going to be like, Steve? I can tell you it's dry, mostly sunny and becoming very warm again. The high today, 29 centigrade, slightly down on yesterday. 29, you might as well say 30. Oh, chilly day out there today. Uh, currently it's 15, pollen count, watch it, it's high. Sunset 9.21, tonight becoming cloudy, mostly dry and mild. The lows 19 centigrade overnight, 16 in the suburbs. That's the overnight temperatures. I think we'll just sleep naked on the bed. Tomorrow, cloudy start, sunny spells. I saw the odd heavy shower in the afternoon. Woo-wee! I like it when it's the odd heavy shower. Actually, that's put me off going to clean the car, and I shan't bother cleaning the car today. <laughs> Give me an odd heavy shower. I've got, to say, I've got to send some money to my accountant today. You know what it's like? They always send her a thing and they always say, and this is the, uh, the, uh, the amount you need to send us for services. You think, oh, God, I tell you, I wish I'd become an accountant. I wish I'd become anybody, actually. I was thinking the other day, the only people who manage to make loads of money are people who, I thought, perhaps I'll get a food stall down at Biggin Hill. Vets make a lot of money. Vets make an awful lot of money. An awful lot of money. <laughs> I, 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 I couldn't be a vet, though. And I'll tell you why I couldn't be a vet. Because I'm not very good. They were doing a programme on the television this morning, and I was half shaving and half thinking, oh, my God. And it was the world's fattest dad. And this man had 29 stone of blubber cut off him. 29 stone. They lifted it up. It was like, it was like a whale, the kind of thing you'd find on a beach. It was absolutely appalling. Dreadfully. Uh, Michael, yes, I know where she is at the moment. Likely to stay there. He, of course, is so much better than she is. <laughs> as you know. Uh, fans rage at the rubbish team. Four gold Germans rip us apart, according to the, uh, the Sun today. Picture of uh, Wayne Rooney. He must be waxing, actually, because I seem to remember Wayne Rooney being very hairy. Well, not in this picture, so obviously uh, girly boy's been out there having the complete all-over waxing. Unfortunately, hasn't kind of improved on the football. It's, it's just on the look, isn't it? It's, you know, they do all their look. He's, he's taken his shirt off. I should imagine Colleen's thrilled with this look. Must be like sleeping with a Brillo pad, I should imagine. I, one can only hazard a guess at when it starts going. And then lots of pictures of people crying. Ooh, we did very well. And then Gazza's tears. Apparently Gazza was watching it the other day. Um, and he, he was crying as well. 
Couldn't give a stuff, actually. Really couldn't care less. Uh, Cheryl Cole uh, is the new face of a hairspray. She'll endorse just about anything at the moment. Just go to it. Do you want to endorse it? Yeah, I'll do that. Why? Because we're worth it. You know, and so we're all out there. I mean, I, I myself have bought hairspray and I bought uh, the hair colouring. I bought the lash extensions. I've got this new thing now, which is fact I saw it advertised on the telly. I'm buying everything on the telly. And this is a new thing with a vibrating rollerball that you put under your eyes. And you buy it in boots and you put this stuff on and they put the roller in all around your eyes. Well, I dropped it. I, I couldn't wipe the smile off my face for ten minutes. And um, so there's all these things. That, I tell you, women, you're so gullible for buying everything. There is everything. You go, and here are these lovely lashes. And you... And you and you, you take this thing out, and because it's a different sort of brush, the next thing, they've got beautiful... And you think, yeah, they're enhanced. They're enhanced. They're not proper. And you see all these poor girls who are pushing the prams, you know, down the eye street. And they've quite clearly tried to do it. But as usual, it's clogged. And it only works on certain people. It only looks good if you're a model. There's no point in putting it on if you're a fat lardy, you know, with, with your chavvy outfit, pushing a pram down the street. and putting this, It just looks stupid on you. Don't waste your money. You know, it'd be easier sticking your face in a puddle, getting some mud and going like that. It's the same sort of effect. Don't ruin yourself. Don't ruin yourself. It's just not worth it at all. Other stories of the papers today. Uh, this is... Uh, oh, yeah. Do you know what the government are going to do? And it's about blooming time. Obviously, we've been listening to this programme. They're going to get a million shirkers off benefits and into work. Now, I like that idea. So far, they are going to, uh, millions of long-term jobless will be told to get on their bikes to find work. Apparently, they're looking, this is uh, Ian Duncan Smith, said he wants families to escape ghettos of poverty and move to areas where there are jobs. They don't want to get jobs, Ian. That's the whole idea of it. Why don't the government realise this? I can tell you now, people who are on the dole, the majority of them, on the dole, on benefit, they don't want to work. They don't want, they like the idea of being jobless. They're very happy being jobless, many of them. They like going and collecting the money because, oh, I can't get up in the morning. Well, um, all right, we'll give you some money. Do you know that we spend a fortune, 12.5 billion in sick pay is handed out every year. Do you know we hand out hundreds of millions of pounds for people with coughs? People who get warts, we hand money out to. I mean, can you, ble- can you believe that we handed out last year more than five million pounds to Britons who claimed that they couldn't work because they were too fat? We handed out... I mean, I just don't understand it. How much did we hand £10 million to what? People who couldn't work because they get headaches. Ten million. Get these people off the benefit system. Get them off the benefit system. Get them uh, out working. You know, I'm sorry now it's a case of you're going to be working or we're going to take your benefit. Well, I'll starve. Well, you're going to starve then, aren't you? You're going to starve. That's your problem. You know, get yourself off benefit. Dear me. Phil says, I hear Capello's visiting the FA to see about his job as manager. The FA probably want him to stay, and he wants to leave. Who wants a job managing our lot? Well, actually, I think it's the other way around. He wants to stay. Although, you know, what, what is the point? How can you manage a team full of egos? They'll all come back. You know, and we've got loads of pictures in the paper of uh, Beckham. There, his head in his hands and this. While, of course, uh, Posh is off on holiday. She's had hair extensions put in again. Now, you remember the last time the poor soul had hair extensions? I said to her, I said, don't put hair extensions in, Vic. Don't put... She phoned me. And I said, listen, don't put hair extensions in because they weaken your already very weak hair. And they drag it out. So, consequently, you look even more... But they look good at the moment. But in a very short space of time, they're going to look quite, quite dreadful. What is it about... Um, 
columnists in the in the newspapers, you know, be it the Sun or the Mirror or whatever, or the News of the World or any of these people. Obviously, the columnists want to be famous themselves and be on television programmes because they seem to have lost the art of journalism. Now it, it comes down to, here's, here, here's a picture of me with Neil Tennant. Here's a picture of me with, uh, you know, Willie Nelson. Here's a picture of me with Boy George. Here's a picture of me with Georgina Jagger or whoever it happens to. And you think, why don't you just get on and do your job properly as opposed to trying to build up your own part? They're all doing it. Then they turn up on the television and they make the most ludicrous claims Oh, so-and-so was the first person to tell me about that. And you think, no, they weren't. You just make it up. It's just a load of old rubbish. It really is absolutely dreadful. Here is uh, Vic, uh, David tearing his hair out over the England defeat, and Posh tressed to kill as she flew to Cannes with Brooklyn and Romeo and Cruz en route to the holiday home. Don't they go to school, these children? Are they permanently on holiday? Because every time I see her, she's either rushing around to do a fashion thing or she's taking on aren't the American kids at school at the moment. I mean, do they go to private school? I don't know what sort of school they go to. I didn't know you could just take kids. So mummy's off with her big dark glasses again. They've probably got no idea what their mother looks like without dark glasses. Probably just think that's their mother. So at home she takes one and goes, ah, ah, strange woman in the house. But she's got the hair extensions in which look good because she's really got very thin hair. And I said to her before, I said, listen, Vic, don't do it. Don't do it. You'll ruin your own hair. It does look quite nice at the moment, but 36, I mean, poor woman's got angst like there's no tomorrow. Oh, incidentally... Bit of a decline in sightings of Nessie recently. I worried about this, as indeed I'm sure you all did, that uh, the industry that is called Loch Ness and the Barmies, who are up there, who sit by the side of the loch, hoping to see a floating log going by and then pretending, because they never get, you know, in this age of digital cameras and phones that take near-perfect pictures, they still can't manage to get a photograph of old Nessie, can they? What they do is they get something very hazy taken in the 1950s. And that's the best they manage. The rest of it is just the barmies sitting by the lot because they really want to believe in it. But this thing would be thousands of years old by now. I shouldn't imagine it's got the strength to even come to the surface. And also, we're assuming that there's only one. I'm hoping there's a whole family down there living because the lock's so deep. You think, well, it's got to breathe. You know, it's got to come up for air. But, of course, it doesn't exist. I can state quite categorically these people who claim to have seen it are liars. They are total fantasists. If you actually said to somebody, if you went round Loch Ness and you said, listen, you never saw it. I did. You didn't. I did. Well, that's China. A lot of Chinese people. In fact, the Chinese actually had a boat that trawled up and down Loch Ness. And the reason they say you, you can't see it, because they've got an answer for everything, is because the lock is so deep and it's so murky at the bottom that every time something goes out, it churns up the mud. I can also tell you there's no fish in the lock. So this thing has got to be vegetarian. So, if it's vegetarian, what's it eating? You know, and it doesn't come up for air. I mean, sea vegetables, exactly, because there's a huge supermarket underneath there, isn't it? It doesn't eat fish. There's no fish in Loch Ness. But they reckon that there's a whole... It doesn't eat plankton. Does it, see, there's no point in keeping it going. It's a tourist industry that we should have closed down years ago because I was always told, as a, as a young child, do not tell lies. And these people do. Strangely enough, the official Loch Ness Monster fan club has 130 members. Or, as I prefer to put it, 130 barmy people who are easily parted from their money. Because no matter what happens, you want to believe in it. You would love to believe that they're going to dredge Loch Ness. They're gonna, somebody's going to pull the plug out, all the water, and there it is, sitting at the bottom going, cooey. And that's what's going to happen. Well, it's not, I'm afraid. It's absolutely not going to happen. There is no such thing as the Loch Ness Monster. There are no, you know about the corn set. We've done those a million times before. And uh, Peter says, sack Capello and get Sven back. Oh, I don't know. 
Do you reckon that we, we could suffer with that dreary... Who's that thing who went out with uh, Sven Goran Eriksson? Nancy DeLolio. Oh, oh no, Ulrika. How funny is that, Ulrika? <laughs> well, of course she did. And, but Nancy Dreary DeLolio. Uh, Darren says, morning, Amanda. Yeah, says, morning, Darren. Uh, never mind the football. What a rubbish finale to Doctor Who. I didn't sit... Do you know, I, I started watching Doctor Who and I suddenly... I, I'm sitting there and I'm talking to myself going... Why am I watching this? It's rubbish. I don't watch it. It's not... No, it's not David Tennant. And uh, when... Steve, when I saw the woeful way England were playing, I switched over and watched Carry On Up the Kyber. Far more entertaining, wasn't it? I love stuff like that. Lynn says, Hubby and I decided to take the match and avoid knowing the score. All I can say is thank goodness for the fast-forward button. (laughs) Jenny says, the US school's finished end of May. End of May, June... Oh, right, so they must be back shortly. Uh, Maria says, I saw most of the match diabolical. Overpaid, overrated, prima donnas, all of them. I, I couldn't disagree. They are overpaid, and the trouble is because they cannot play as a team because they're all so big-headed. Nobody can tell them what to do. Can you imagine somebody saying, Beckham, come here, play here. No, he's going to take a blight. I know he wasn't playing, but I'm saying, if, you were, if Beckham was playing in the days when he might have kicked a ball, and uh, Nenny just sits there covered in these tacky tattoos... And, uh, and Gerard trying to tell Rooney or any of the... They just don't take a blind bit of notice. I mean, at one point, I thought, are they actually on the same field as I'm watching? The Germans walked all over them. Well done to the uh, organisers of the Bikeathon, supporters, volunteers and fellow fundraisers. A marvellous day which inv- uh, embraced private viewings at RHC of 180 elephants, says Neil. Well done. Congratulations. So I think we've all agreed, haven't we? The football, we were rubbish. Biggin Hill was a big success. Glastonbury, a big success. And the weather, it's too blooming hot. I do not stand by myself on that one. Everybody else was saying, if you're going out, put a hat on. If the kids are out there, put a hat on. Put sun cream on, because it's baking. Yesterday, I went out, I came back in again. And that was it. I watered Lynn's plants, because I thought they are going to die. And I hadn't watered... I only just noticed her strawberry plant the other day. She's got a strawberry in a hanging basket, and I'd left it for two days. And it was still going, so obviously strawberries don't need as much water. So I just did the tomatoes this morning. 14 to 6. These are the headlines. England coach Fabio Capello's faced an uncertain future after the team crashed out of the World Cup yesterday in a 4-1 defeat to Germany. Capello's demanded talks with FA bosses when he gets back from South Africa. Scotland Yard's expected to be heavily criticised later by a report into the investigation of a serial rapist who targeted women in south-west London. And the maintenance of London Underground is in new hands, with tube lines now wholly owned by Transport for London. Check on the roads for you this morning. It's Matt Jones. Thanks, Steve. We're just getting word of a problem on the M25. Have your say this morning from 7, LBC 97.3. Emma Watson turned up to Glastonbury with an entourage and bouncers that they had with them 24-7. Emma Watson? I'm sorry, I'm reading this. They were saying a bit in the paper the other day, although Tony Green disagreed with me, uh, that uh, I said, oh, they, they've offered a huge amount of money to one of our leading actresses to write her autobiography, Kim Marsh. And I thought, who is going to be remotely interested in Kim Marsh's autobiography? Ridiculous. Ridiculous. 84850, steve at lbc.co.uk. Uh, Sting's daughter, Coco Sumner, was showing her rock and roll heritage. Uh, she was out uh, in the orange VIP chill and charge tent. All sounds great. I'm just very grateful that they all have fantastic weather down there. Because I'm, I'm so worried that every time you have these festivals, it's, uh, it's just a load of mud. But there was so much heat, everybody would be treated for heat stroke, I should imagine. Um, 
Jason Manford has a backup plan in case the one show flops. The nightly show will undergo a makeover this autumn, which sees Jason replacing Adrian. He's far more entertaining. Adrian's just a bit, uh, bit dreary, a little bit uh, boring first thing in the morning. Talks like that, you know, most of these people in Birmingham that talk like this. Now, you'd probably fall asleep listening to somebody, couldn't you? But Jason uh, says, uh, I have to keep on touring with my stand-up comedy, because that's where they make all the money. I should imagine there can't be many of these comedians like Jason who don't make in excess of 20,000 quid a night. A night. And when you look at somebody like Ricky Gervais or Michael McIntyre, they would be on at least 100,000 a night. If you're playing stadiums, you, make it, you, you work it out yourself. You know, 5,000 people, about 40 quid a ticket. You're talking a lot of money. A lot of money. And there's no, there's no expense as far as they're concerned. They just walk on stage with a microphone. And they, and they do their act that they, they've written, which is quite, uh, quite good and very interesting. And there's huge amounts of money. And if you bring out the DVD at the same time, you know, you're really there. Oh, Katie Price has finally admitted. This is in the Daily Star today. They used to like Katie Price. They've quite clearly gone off the poor old soul. Uh, she reckoned that uh, she's no singer. It's a dance track. It's not going to light up the charts at all. She's going to perform the song... Uh, at her wedding to Alex Reed, She says, I'm not a singer. I never will be a singer, but I love singing. I love trying things. Yeah, but you can't actually do anything, can you, love? That's, that's the point. You can't write. You can't draw. You can't sing. I'm trying to think what you can do, actually. No, I don't think of anything that you could do at all. But she's got this uh, single. Everybody's predicting it'll be a, a flop. This is her third attempt at being a pop star. I think you just have to accept the fact that nobody's interested anymore. It's, uh, you know... And as for... I was talking to a friend of mine the other day, saying... Um, you know, there's supposed to be 175 people going to her wedding. I said, I shouldn't imagine so. I mean, if so far all she's managed to bag is uh, actress Melinda Messenger, Michelle Heaton and a couple of other things that hang around her, then that's about it. It's all a bit sad, really. Jedward were out the other day. Unfortunately, uh, one of them, John, looked more up for the photo opportunity than Edward, who's, whose hair was flat. Look, Edward's got normal hair there. And you realise... They look so much better with their hair up. Look, it just looks a what bit... What do you think? I think it looks better down. Oh, you think it's better down? Mm. Oh, OK, right. That looks absolutely ridiculous. Well, it does look a bit stupid, I know, <laughs> but I was trying to be kind and erring on the side of caution and thinking, well, you know, they don't look too bad. I think they're just... They look a bit pale, though. I'm a bit worried that they need to get out in the sun a bit more and get some, uh, some, uh, some, some, some colour in their cheeks. Do you know there's a sex guide? I love this. All the papers, and they'll no doubt talk about it later on today on LBC. A sex guide for children as young as 12 has been cleared from the shelves after furious complaints. Well, I'm terribly sorry, but, you know, I hate to bring a bit of reality to it, but they're having sex at 12. In fact, some girls are pregnant at 12. You know, you've heard the stories in the papers of 10 and 11-year-olds who are having sex. So I think it's, I mean, it's almost a little bit late to be having a sex guide for 12-year-olds because they're out there smoking and drinking at 12. I see them on the streets of Twickenham. This is a magnetic Kama Sutra. How fantastic. Love the idea of this. It's got 69 magnets of men and women in sexual positions. <laughs> 16, of course it's got 69 magnets, hasn't it? A handbook promises to teach first-timers or even the experienced naughty new positions. Well, I've tried some of them. I mean, I don't want to go into details, but frankly... I mean, one of them I was stuck in for days. And all this rubbish that people come up with about, oh, spice up your love life, you know, with handcuffs. You know, it just doesn't work. I mean, I was chained to the back of my bed two days. Two days, excuse me. I'd only asked the neighbour to pop in. I said, you couldn't just clip the... And that was it, last I saw of them. So outraged customers have raised the alarm after... Raised the alarm after spotting this book in Waterstones in Newcastle. 
I would have thought War- Newcastle would have been exactly the right place to aim this book for, I'm sorry. A spokesman said, unfortunately, the publisher has included inappropriate age guidance on a project intended for adults. What's the point of having a magnetic karma sutra for adults? Most of the people in Newcastle... What's that? It's a book. Why, yeah, it's a book on what? It's a book on sexual positions? No. No. It's magnetic as well. And they get excited over that. I, th- I think they should sell it. They say it's suitable for sale to children aged 12 and up. Of course it is. Mum of two, Pauline Hill from Newcastle, says, It's a disgrace! These things have been on the shelf. My eldest has just turned 13, so he'd have been allowed to buy one. Today, you've got Daisy revealing all on a sunshine photo shoot. Daisy comes from Staines. She looks about 12, and she's going off on her first page three shoot, and she's really, really excited. Well done, Daisy. Our hottest babes have been out in Portugal. I mean, this girl looks like a schoolgirl to me. I mean, I don't know how old she... Oh, she's 19, but she comes from Staines. You know what Staines is like, don't you? I can only tell you because I used to live there. And I'm telling you, it's where they trawl for the Jeremy Kyle show. That's what they do. They go round Staines and they go, Hello, you want to be in the Jeremy Kyle show? Yeah? How much you pay? That's Staines for you. And here she is, and she's out with her friends. And of course, by the time they've all had their makeup done and their boobs perked and everything else, they all look completely different. And so, 19 year old Daisy from Staines is having a good old time up there, and she's really thrilled to be showing the Daily Star readers. What she's got. I'm sure her parents are delighted for her, because it's the passport to fame and fortune. Well, that's it today. It's a double-page spread for us, so I should imagine that probably is just about it. Just about it today. Uh, if the few had defended as badly as England, we'd all be speaking German. So says Richard Littlejohn. Three lions, more like the cowardly lion from The Wizard of Oz. It's the same old stuff, Christine Bleakley. Somebody's going, what are you doing, love? I don't know that you're supposed to go, oh, what, yeah, what are you doing? I don't, don't know. What are you doing out there? Hi, you. I don't, don't know. I'd love to. I'd love, love to ask actually whether or not Christine Bleakley actually understands what football is, because she could have been the face of the BBC's coverage for um, for the Olympics. Pfft. Yeah, right. Here she is, Britain's oldest first-time mother, Elizabeth Aidney. Sixty-seven. She is sixty-seven, and she went out with thirteen-month-old Joylon, meaning young at heart. Uh, she became the UK's oldest mother last May at the age of 66. I'm not sure. You see, I mean, I, I, I couldn't care less if somebody wants to get pregnant. That's their business. I just worry about the fact that at 66 and 67, you might not be living as long as you probably hoped you would. So, you know, your kid gets to about five or six, and what use are you going to be? Answer? Not much use at all. Uh, Glastonbury, hottest day of the year. And everybody was uh, stripping off to try and get it. And, it, you know, we love it, don't we? We do love it. And there's lots of women in their sundresses. But unfortunately, the sun has caught the back of their necks and it looks red raw. Uh, the dead rich list. We like them. As Michael Jackson makes £168 million in the year after his death. Elvis Presley has generated a billion. Here's a man whose, whose career had all but died, I'm afraid. John Lennon, £200 million. But there's not really as much stuff as you can see from John Lennon, whereas, uh, whereas with, with Elvis, you've got everything. His, his wife, uh, Priscilla, former wife, has turned it into an absolute cracking business. Michael Jackson, 168 million. Marilyn Monroe, 96, mainly due to the licensing. Freddie Mercury, 50 million. Uh, Jerry Garcia, 45 million. He's from the Grateful Dead. Tupac Shakur, 56 million. Bob Marley, 38. Steve McQueen, 40. Agatha Christie, 40. Jimi Hendrix, 35. Albert Einstein, 30. Kurt Cobain, 95 million since he's been dead. 95 million. And James Dean, strangely, 
Uh, they've got uh, licensing, everything from Chrysler cars to Lee Jeans. 60 million quid goes into the estate. It's not bad, is it? Just when you think that people don't know. Even George Harrison, 40 million. I'd have thought that he would have gone more than that. But it's Elvis Presley right at the top of the list. Everything from Apple iMac to Lipton's tea he's advertised, and it's worth a billion to the estate. Now that's good business. Myself and uh, my husband were uh, driving into town. As we turned off, a car struck the back end. Morning, team. Monday morning. Oh, I bet you're fed up, aren't you? I bet you're fed up. Been too hot. It's going to be boiling hot today. You'll be sitting in an office or sitting in a, in, a, in a traffic jam. No air conditioning in the car. Put the windows open. You'll be thinking, oh, I don't want to do this heat anymore. 29 degrees, they reckon, today. 29 degrees. Lovely if you're sitting in a fridge. But if you're not sitting in a fridge and you're going to sit on a tube train or... Actually, I got on a train the other day from Waterloo and it was beautifully air-conditioned. I mean, I got on and it was chilly. It was really nice, the southwest trains. And then I thought, if they can do that on a train, yeah, it was really chilly. It was really lovely. I thought, why can't they do that on the underground? Why do people have to suffer in London on the underground with no, no air conditioning? It surely can... It can be... I've got air conditioning. It must be feasible to do, mustn't it? I suppose having to open the, uh, the window and get all the bits in your face and things like that. But it, it, it must be, because you, you do suffer out there. If you're a commuter, you know you're, so you're getting up at the moment, it's lovely, you get out the shower, and then you think, oh, I'm going to have to sit on a bus, which is going to be packed solid, and people, as the bus lurches back, I'm convinced some drivers sit there and just put their foot on the brake, and you notice something, and the bus drops down, and it rises back up again. Some of them do it two or three times, and you think, what are you doing? You can feel quite queasy, actually. Anne's just dropped off Hannah at school. She's going on a school trip to Germany. Oh, blimey, that'll be useful today, won't it? They'll all be celebrating, yeah, and we're over here going, Ooh. She said yesterday, before the football started, I was watching Passport to Pimlico. I wish I'd watched that instead. Far more entertaining, I think, Passport to Pimlico. You should have gone to the Biggin Hill Airfare. You'd have loved it. You'd have absolutely loved it. Kids love it. Everybody loves it. Everybody loves it. Other stories in the paper today. I really can't do Doctor Who. I cannot do Doctor Who. I cannot do Kerry uh, Cotona at all. Not interested. Channel 4 uh, put this programme out, and uh, it was Lynn uh, Alloway who said, I've come to make a, a film about Kerry Cotona. Uh, it's a film about what life is like as a celebrity when nobody wants you as a celebrity. Obviously nobody except Channel 4, who was sort of still promoting this uh, time and time again. And uh, she had to think that Cotona had made maybe... One or two too many of these uh, programmes. A little bit like watching Jordan. I think I know everything about Jordan's life. I don't really need to know anything else at all, I'm afraid. Katie Price, Katie Reid, Katie whatever she wants to call herself. Katie no talent, Katie can't sing, Katie can't write, Katie can't design. And I don't care what it is. Although there were a very famous series of books years ago, what Katie did next. You just wish that maybe Katie would drop herself off the end of a cliff or do something like that. Just go somewhere. Just do anything. And so we had Kerry Cotona, and now apparently she's a different girl. She's lost a lot of weight. No, she's exactly the same person. I had this discussion with a friend of mine yesterday. She's exactly the same person as she was before she lost the weight. She'll put on the weight, you know, she stands there, she'll get drunk, you know. I think this is possibly the last opportunity. This is the last. Whereas, you know, and, and we, we've had stories about, I've turned my life around, I don't want anything to do with, you know, my ex and this kind of stuff. Because he's, he's now trying to sell footage of them making love. Excuse me, it makes you feel quite queasy, doesn't it? As if anybody would be remotely interested in any of their family home movies. Thank you very much indeed. And, um... So anyway, in the end of this thing, she chucked out Mark Croft 
and uh, then he's he's going to write a book about her. All these people make, and in the end, you begin to wonder who's going to be remotely interested. It's like, I did ask the question the other day: who's remotely interested in Kim Marsh apart from Kim Marsh? I wouldn't be interested in buying her autobiography. She certainly wouldn't be featuring on my in conversation. I mean, just absolutely not. I'm sorry. Girl appears on reality show, gets on, you know, uh, and forms group. I can't remember what the group was called now. Hearsay, and they had pure and simple. That was hearsay. Her and Mylene Class, and she's going to talk in the book about her falling out with Mylene Class. Who cares? Get a life, darling. I'm sorry, it doesn't revolve around, you know, what you read in some of the tabloids. Nobody's really interested. Your book will be remaindered in Poundland very quickly. So you kind of... And they say, oh, this is the book that all the publishers have fallen over themselves to get. Really? Can't imagine why. They don't sell huge amounts, these uh, books. They really don't. Uh, one here. Uh, Rex and the City. The hidden health cost of a girl's night out. Because you do get girls now who go out, and you do see it more and more. In fact, Sky used to show this uh, clip of drunks outside a pub, and it was in Twickenham, unfortunately. And it was a load of old drunks who'd come in from another area, and girls who get really, really bad, because alcohol, and I'm still not drinking, uh, alcohol dries out and thins your skin, even if you have an oily complexion. The lack of water reduces blood flow in the deeper layers, stopping new cells forming. Spots break out when the body sweats alcohol, which clogs the pores. So that makes you feel good about yourself, doesn't it? Not really. Not really. Uh, you could also... Do you know the average nightclub plays music at an ear-splitting volume of 110 decibels? You know you can go deaf on that. You can, I mean, I'm not painting a particularly good picture, but I'm just saying it probably works for everybody. I mean, I've, I lost track of the amount of nightclubs, and I've worked in nightclubs for about 15 years, where you had a conversation, where you were shouting all the time. And it, it cannot be good for you. You can't hear anybody in nightclubs, can you? Yeah, and you go, is that all right? You go, yeah. Do you want to, do you want to drink? And they go, what are you having? Anything. I don't, j- just get anything. Just get anything. Whatever you can get. And so nobody ever get. you know, you don't go, I'd quite like, um, I don't know, can you get a cherry? No, I'm just going to the bar now. And so you end up shouting at people. Your hair, I mean, in nightclubs, I used to walk out, my hair was soaking wet. You know, when it was down to my shoulders, and you have to sort of wring it out, and it was terrible. Uh, dehydration is the worst thing. That's why you stagger out of a nightclub in the early hours of the morning, and especially around here in Leicester Square. You know, London can be quiet. Saturday night was quiet in London. Uh, and, and yet Leicester Square, busy as always, and people staggering around to eat this ghastly food that's on offer. I mean, who in their right mind staggers out of a nightclub at two in the morning and goes, must have a slice of pizza? And there it is, sitting there congealing in these places, which, I mean, oh, dear me. Just terrible, terrible. Unfortunately, your liver, 25% of adults drink more than is healthy. Boozing puts a strain on the liver. My liver is perfect, which is good news. Steve, I wish I'd seen Stevie Wonder. At Glastonbury, he was on with uh, Michael Lewis, very good indeed. I interviewed Stevie Wonder years ago in uh, in Vienna, and uh, he was. And in fact, I'm sure Dale and I went to see him at Wembley when he was. I'm sure it was Dale and I. It must have been actually because Dale, I think, must have been doing an interview with him. And I think he uh, he actually. And we, we sat there watching Stevie Wonder in concert. But to see him at uh, at Glastonbury, it's quite good. I have no interest in going. I'm afraid to uh, any of these festivals. The idea of living in a tent without a proper flushing toilet and nowhere to plug your hairdryer in is not my idea of fun. On a he- No, I, well, I could t- if I could take a full-size Winnie Bago with an... On- I'm not staying in a teepee. I don't, I don't do... I mean, I saw all the people in teepees and tents at Biggin Hill, and even then I thought, I'd, you know, if I was going to do this, I'd do it in a Winnie Bago next year with, with a proper flushing toilet and a jacuzzi. I would have a jacuzzi outside, and that'd be quite nice. Steve Allen goes... <laughs> 
goes to Bicken Hill. Uh, they reckon that touts can sell tickets for Andy Murray at Wimbledon for up to £20,000 without... Who in their right mind would want to pay £20,000? Apparently, they can sell these tickets without fear of arrest because they can legally buy and resell debenture tickets for profit and avoid being prosecuted. Debenture seats, you know, the only tickets that can be resold. And a debenture is a loan made to Wimbledon to fund capital improvements such as the new number one court. I've never been to Wimbledon. I've ne- never had any interest in going... What I'm not interested. The, the other day, I was watching two women playing and the noise... And you think, shh, try and be a bit grown up about it. News headlines, Sam Pittis. Fabio Capello has called for urgent talks with the Football Association. Hello. Monday morning. You get a swelter. There's nothing worse than standing next to somebody on the tube and they've got damp patches under their arms. You know, and they're, they're hanging and you think, oh, no. Shouldn't you? Because you can get things. You know, on, you know, on television, they make something for men who excess excessive have excessive sweating and i think it featured in the film broadcast news where the newsreader gushed water like there was no to it he'd sit there and the next thing his shirt was soaking it's like watching that that comedian whose name i can't remember who runs about all over the place he did this that I don't know. what's his name you know the one who's lee evans who sweats through a suit god i thought it was bad enough with tom jones but certainly i used to sweat very badly because I didn't know I was diabetic, so I had no idea what was going on. Quick, drink some orange juice, calm yourself down. Oh, it makes it worse. And um, and you can get these things on television where they put these pads. Uh, under it, Rodri Williams used to have them on Five's Company. And it's a pad that fits under your arm, which soaks up the sweat. Because there's nothing worse than sometimes, and I've seen Adrian Charles, where he lifts up his arm and there's a, there's a sweat patch there. Oh, no! It's just so wrong on so many different levels, I'm afraid. Michael Jackson's... Uh, Shirovsky crystal-studded gloves sold for £126,000. £126,000. Do you remember the other week I was, I was trying to find a, a jacket that lit up? And I'm, I'm desperate to buy a jacket that lights up. And I want it. I've seen, I've seen a few where they're studded with fibre optics and they work on batteries and you turn it on and the whole suit glows. And I thought, how lovely. And I was very kindly sent in a link to a company in America where they make ties that have got little lights in, but only four for about $60. But if you want a jacket with something like 500 lights in, it works out at thousands of dollars. But I thought, I just quite fancied the idea of having this jacket. They had one in Cats, and it was worn at the end of the show, and he flicked a switch, and the whole jacket just came up, and I thought... I want one of these. I think that kind of sets you apart. Where you'd wear it, I've got no idea. I thought I'd, I'd probably put it on and secretly drive down the motorway and then just turn it on to amuse myself. But th- there appear to be no com- uh, no companies in this country that make this thing. It's obviously an American thing. It's lovely. Phil says, Steve, there are no fish in Loch Ness because Nessie has eaten them all. So, in other words, it's starving, is it now? You'd have thought by now it would have floated to the top of the uh, of the loch. Uh, Steve, a magnetic Karma Sutra. Don't they do a pop-up version? I don't think we need that kind of talk at this uh, this hour of the morning. Uh, Kyber, simple and funny, a pleasure to watch, and they were victorious, says Jan. Uh, Ray says, for sale, pair of World Cup football boots, unmarked, not scuffed, as in new condition. Contact Wayne Rooney at 0207. <laughs> Steve, people who lose weight over short periods ultimately get bigger in the long term, putting weight loss... Uh, companies in a win-win situation. Oh, that there is no bigger market than the diet market because diets don't work. It's as simple as that. If they worked, there'd be one. 
and we'd all be going on this one diet. There is no diet that works, because everything is life-changing. So, in other words, if you want to be thin... I mean, I can tell you, through bitter experience, that if you don't drink, if you cut out alcohol, you will lose weight. Because alcohol has got so much sugar in it that it makes you put on weight. And also, it, it makes you go for the munchies. So you tend to eat and drink, and the combination of the two... I mean, how many people do you see after a night out at the pub outside a kebab place or a chicken place, eating this ghastly cheap fast food where they go, you know, I've always said to you before, and I'll say it again, you know, two bits of chicken, two two wings in some of these peculiar places, and chips and a drink, two ninety nine. Well, what sort of quality do you think you're buying? The answer is you're buying rubbish. But because you've had a drink, it, it smells good. How many people have been through London and seen those ghastly, revolting, disgusting people picking their noses and serving sausages off the hot dog things? You know, where they've got a gas cylinder and they drop the sausages on the floor, then they just pick them up and spit on them and put them back there. And the one thing that sells it to you on a cold night is the smell of cooked onions. Because we love cooked onions. I think the standard did a feature about a year ago, they've done it loads of times, where these people get arrested constantly and they just leave it there. It's only a little tin box with a gas thing underneath. But the sausages are the cheapest rubbish. I mean, how you've never become ill, I've got no idea. Just ridiculous. Uh, I don't want to talk anything more about football. Let's just say... Individually, all very nice. As a team, rubbish. Simple as that. Do we do poetry anymore? Does, do people do poetry? They've got Poetry Corner here with Poet Laureate Carol Ann Duffy. And each week she will select a verse for women and discuss its meaning. I'm not surprised there's this huge divide between men and women. Why do women... I mean, I was watching one of these shopping channels the other day and I'm always fascinated by the clothes and the rubbish these presenters come up with. Oh, this is just fabulous. And they've got one woman on one of the channels... And I can't remember which one it is now. It could be Ideal World or something. And she's obviously a former model because she knows how to swing the hips and just look forward and then back again. And then she can turn on one heel and show you the back. And she looks really good at it because models, as you know, have got funny walks because they look like they've, they've just got funny walks anyway. And <laughs> so, and so, that, so she, she does it and then they go, this looks marvellous. And, of course, they do on the television. Everything looks marvellous on the television. What you need to see if you're buying clothes is you need to see it. That's the whole idea. You want to see it, you want to feel what the fabric is like. Because I cannot find this year, and I'm really upset. A few years ago, Marks and Spencer's, loads of Thai silk shirts. And I bought loads of them. I bought all the Thai silk because I just love... And that you can screw them up and hang them up and that all the creases fall out. This year, nothing. Nothing in Marks and Spencer's with Thai silk in it. And I was... I know it sounds a little bit mamby-pamby, but I'm a little bit funny about this. So if anybody knows shops where you can get some nice tie silk shirts for men because they hang nicely on my body most things don't hang nicely on my body most because i'm in a shroud a lot of the time you know some people you can dress them up in a seven thousand pound suit and they still look like a sack of potatoes that's me i am that or james o'brien i am that person that you can go out there and you can go this is a really nice suit and it and it and i just look awful you know, I can spend a fortune. I'm always frightened. In fact, if ever I'm going out to a do, you need to dress me and keep me standing up and then just take me in. So I need to go in a minibus hanging onto the roof because it's the only way to get me in there so I don't look... Because cre- the moment I get creased, I get depressed. But I do like... I do like this idea of having Thai silk shirts or anybody's silk shirts. I don't really care, actually, where they, uh, where they come from. As long as they're, they're silk 
and they hang well. I'm so, I might as well actually go to Thailand. I've just realised it'd be a lot easier. I'm looking for Thai silk uh, shirts. It would be easier. Uh, Steve, I gave a silent cheer this morning when I heard you say no to the charity collector. Thank God. I do frequently and only give when I want to, not when they approach you and use blackmail. Another thing is when salesmen are trying to sell you something at the door, they say, don't you want to save money? And she says, no, I simply love wasting it. Honestly, Steve, I loathe being approached by anybody. You see, I don't do the chuggers, and you shouldn't do the chuggers either on the streets. And the reason being, not because they're not doing a good job raising money for charity, but they're being paid £8 an hour. Now, if you want to give to a charity, give direct, and you cut out these people. Hello, have you got two minutes? No, I haven't. I mean, how many of you just pick up the phone and pretend you're talking to nobody? Yeah, 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 you all do it. But I tell you the one thing you should do, when you see one of these chuggers, and they always they target particular people, there's obviously, in their mind, students are very good, because they're uh, generally hangovers. So you get students. So would you like to g- give me a credit card? And you can help save a life in another country. Don't want, don't want to save a life. Because really, if I'm giving you six quid a month and you're on £8 an hour, how many lives are we not saving because we're paying your wages? Stand there and listen to them doing somebody else's chat. And they'll stop very quickly and go, excuse me, can I help you? You go, no, I'm just listening to, to, to the spiel that you're giving these people. They don't like it. They don't like it. They, they, they become quite abusive and not very pleasant. They're mainly actors. They take them, because if you're only between eight and ten quid an hour, the whole idea is to get money out of people. So I always avoid them like the play. You should do the same thing. Don't ever give your credit card details to anybody on the street. Richard says the new overground service on the old East London line is air-conditioned, and the new trains are superb. Well, it, it should be. In this day, we're in the year 2010. Of course we should be air-conditioned. Good grief. I watched this programme the other day where they were cutting beans in the middle of Ghana, I think it was. or part, Yeah, and they were, it was on the BBC, that bloke who, Jimmy, who's got a farm and was sponsored by um, uh, Jamie Oliver. And now he's a presenter on just about everything. He's beginning to get my nerves now. So it's like the typical BBC, you know, use somebody once or twice. They go, right, we'll use you for this. So they use them for everything. But he, it was an interesting programme looking at fruit and veg that comes in from overseas and how in, in Ghana they keep things chilled you know, they don't have refrigeration. What they had was a wooden hut with um, something that was lined, like a stone or something. Whatever, I can't remember what it was now, actually, now. But, um, and, what was it? I can't remember. But anyway, they just poured water over it, and that made it cold inside. And that was their basic system. And it, it all worked. And all that fruit that we saw being cut up, I thought they cut it up over here. No, they cut it up over there. Much, much better. Uh, Jeremy says, a jacket that lights up, isn't that called a blazer? Okay, the old ones are the best. If I could do ka-ching, I'd do ka-ching for you this morning. But unfortunately, the only ka-ching is the money that the England footballers will be uh, lining their dirty pockets with today. How they've got the audacity to actually take any money, I've got no idea. I'd love to find out, actually, out of curiosity. We know how much they earn. We know it's a, it's a huge amount. How much they give to charity? I mean, I'd love to know what the, what, what the percentage is out of all their money. But we were awful. If, if Even if we'd got in the goal from, from Frank, it still would have made the slightest difference. 4-1 is an absolute abomination. It's the kind of thing that you just, you think, it can't get any worse. It cannot get any worse. Uh, world's most famous dog's home is 150. The Battersea uh, dog and cat home is 150 years old. And it's such a shame that we have to have something like that in this country, isn't it? Because constantly being told years ago, oh, we're a nation of animal lovers. No, we're not. No, we're not.
Uh, people go out there. People, I've seen them on the television dropping dogs out of cars. I've seen, you know, kittens drowned. I've seen dogs put in sacks and thrown by the side of the road. People just don't want them anymore. And that's why you've got the Battersea dog and cat uh, home. And what they do, they try and rehome and make sure that they go. In fact, they vet you more than the animal. They want to make sure that, you know, if an animal's been abused and dumped more than once, it's not going to happen again. And people, so they, they, they charge you for taking an animal. So they, sh- I mean, I would, I would want to come around and look at somebody's house. Sorry, what, what do you mean it's a flat? It's Great Dane. Don't be so stupid. You're not going to put a Great Dane in a flat, are you? These, all these animals need exercise. I mean, I, God knows I've had enough dogs over the years. Certainly seen enough. And uh, you've got to take them out. They need exercise. You can't just leave them in the garden. They want to go out for a walk. They want to have fun. They want to play. They want to do things. So uh, a very yappy birthday to Battersea Dog and Cat. You know, you're getting all the gags this morning. I mean, it really is. I mean, how we've plumbed some depths. I'm just trying to raise the tone. I'm trying to raise the bar a little bit. Because, as I say, the only good thing over the weekend was Biggin' and Glastonbury. Oh, and the weather. But even so, it's too hot, isn't it? Because that's what we do in this country. We complain. We complain about the way it's too hot, too cold, too wet, too much, too many leaves. Well, in this case, too much talking. That's the Steve Allen Show. It's LBC's Early Breakfast. This is LBC. You know who else turned up at Glastonbury? Lembit Opic. Tried to do his comedy routine, booked for an hour. Apparently didn't last very long at all. In fact, somebody actually shouted and heckled and went, When's the comedy starting? Lembit left the stage early. Uh, as I say, he was just after the freebie ticket to go. I mean, the man's an idiot, I'm afraid. I, I predict confidently that this so-called stand-up tour of Lembit Opics will end in disaster. I mean, who on earth in their right mind would pay to see a failed MP trying to take money from the public for pretending to be a comedian? Outrageous. Anyway, we have people who pick horses. No, we don't. Uh, we do have Sam Pittis. Morning, Sam. Good morning. I've got a sports team behind me this morning. You, well, uh, that's probably the best way... Uh, for them to be, it I is. would think, behind you. Leaving it, leaving it to me was, it was not a success. It was, I know, but never mind. Uh, who ate all the pies on Friday? Mm. Uh, for Alex, there were three horses running, and his came in... Tell me. Third. <laughs> <laughs> so he lost, he lost his two pounds. Uh, total profit, £36.18. However, mm. your slap and tickle, seven runners, yeah. and you came in... Tell me. Seventh. Brilliant. Yeah, last. So, in other words, it, uh, yours just wandered around. Probably, probably too hot for it. <laughs> it was quite, yeah, to be fair, it was warm. So, it was uh, a bit warm, wasn't it? Did you get the heat to your body on, over the weekend? No, I stayed in. Didn't leave the house on Sunday. It's no, I hot. can well believe too hot for me as well. I managed, I went out for breakfast, yeah. and then I went back to Waterloo Station, yeah. got on the train, went home, and that was the last I saw of daylight. You closed the curtains, put I the fan on. I closed the curtains. I was so happy. Exactly. And it was nice and cool. I did open the door once to go and water my neighbour Lynn's plants, and I went... <laughs> Too much. Too, too much. Too much. Mm. Anyway, you lost two pounds. Oh well. Total losses now forty-two pound thirty as we head towards the magic fifty. Oh dear. Yeah, you need to you need to sort of see some. Who, who's on the sports desk today? Yeah, Phil Kutrimilides. I'm trying to undo all the uh, all the bad work that It'd I've done. Be nice done. if you could come up with something. Although, as Alex says, to be fair, Sam did pick a hundred to one shot, and it ran like one. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> I know. It was. I mean, it would have. It would have been good. It would have helped if I looked at the odds first, wouldn't it? Really? Yes, hundred to one is, is generally speaking. Uh, that's actually a hamster. Yeah, but you know, you've got to be positive about this. Oh, things. I agree with you. Listen, hundred to one could have solved everything. Could have, couldn't it? Eh? I mean, we, we we've could have been on Easy had. Street after that one. You could have been on Easy Street. It could have been goodbye horse racing tips. Hello, darkened room, staying away from the sun. Yeah, or failing that. Hello, Barbados. Well, it's yeah, not maybe, pushing. Maybe not Barbados. Too warm. Not two hundred pounds. Uh, so today we're off to Pontefract, the three forty-five. Emerald Girl. 
Emerald Girl. Hmm. Mm. Well, they go at Pontefract, Wolverhampton, and evening cards at Musselburgh and Windsor. We're going to Pontefract as well. It's the 3.15 at Pontefract, us, and uh, Hortensia. Hortensia? Is that Hortensia? Hortensia? Could be. Is is that a woman's name? I think it's a woman's name, Hortensia. I like Hortensia. I'm going with that. Go with Hortensia. I like it. I like it. I hope hope you win. It's the first I've seen it, if I'm honest, so it could be anything. Yeah. And and did did Kittramalides pick that up? Yeah, that's what I say. I'm not leaving it to me anymore. Well, I mean, sometimes he he does actually know. Well, sometimes. Once yeah. a month. Once a month. Yeah, but once a month is better than nothing on this programme. Well, it's still, still luck in the draw, isn't it? Really? Yeah. Were you wearing shorts over the weekend? What do you think? Yeah, OK. You and me together. I was the only one down at Biggin Hill not in shorts. I'm not a schoolboy, you know. No. <laughs> do you have any shorts? No, I haven't worn shorts since about 1996. Oh, right. Good Lord. Goodness. Do you, do you actually possess a pair? No. What do you, what do you wear shorts for? Well, I don't know. I just thought you'd go out to your local supermarket in shorts. Well, I don't understand. Why would you wear shorts? I don't know. I don't know. Well, people do. do you, I don't understand why people wear them either, actually. I want a I pair of trousers. Was... I want a pair of trousers. I want half a pair of trousers, do I? Yeah. I think it's because people like to get the air to their legs. Do they? And, so, and, and to be honest with you, I mean, I think... So because, I mean, if, if I take my, my trousers off, I've got little pale white legs. <laughs> so the idea is, I mean, I do look as I'm standing on matchsticks. Is there going to be pictures of that on the LBC website? I do hope not. No, just the hanging baskets. <laughs> <laughs> and some nice pictures of Biggin Hill. Well, there we are. Which is very good. Anyway, lovely to talk to you. Thank you, Steve. Talk tomorrow. Hopefully we'll have a winner by that time. Incidentally, if you go to the LBC website, lbc.co.uk, forward slash Twitter, click on Steve Allen, and you can have a look at pictures of Biggin Hill, because I've got separate pictures from Biggin Hill. There are other pictures of Biggin Hill on the website. Go and, go and check them out. Lovely. I mean, it couldn't have been a better day for flying. Really couldn't have been better. And uh, there's also a lovely picture of Steve Allen's hanging baskets, which so far have received more than 4,500 hits. So thank you very much indeed. We're very grateful. I bow to your better judgment that I'm quite good at watering hanging baskets. And uh, they're all looking quite good. I predict that you'll have a look at these pictures, and they were taken the other day. By the time we look at the next ones, they'll have doubled in size. And I've got other pictures put up of my strawberries in the basket and my tomatoes, which are coming along really, really well. Really, really. Even Mr Vizzino is impressed with my hanging baskets. So that's got to be good news. So if you go to lbc.co.uk forward slash Twitter... Yeah, you can see the uh, the pictures on there. You'll see it sits from my Twitter page quite clearly, and just click on the one that goes baskets, and I think it's uh, it's fairly straightforward. Uh, Mike says, "How's the no drinking going? Fine, absolutely fine so far." Right? Occasionally, you think, "Oh, I quite like a drink." They think, "Oh, it's too hot for drinking, isn't it?" Uh, he's gone without for two months. He said, "Due to the hot weather, I've been able to sleep, and whilst channel surfing." came across the remaining Jackson brothers going about trying to record a new record. Very interesting, as two producers brought up the fact that, as they were really successful with Michael, it would be hard to work with them. I didn't think they were successful. I mean, I've, I've got the, uh, the, uh, the Jackson's album, and I think it had Sky Writer on it. It might have been called Sky Writer. Something like that. It had a picture of them with a plane on the front. It's a very old album. And uh, the trouble is, Michael had moved up. Michael was actually very, very... Good. That's the only reason. The Jackson Five, the, the four that were all just the backing singers. That's what they were. They, they were there as the vehicle, and Berry Gordy realised that from a, a very, very early age. Thai silk shirts. They sell them on Amazon. You see, I need to see them. I think with silk, you need to find out what quality the silk is. So, uh, thank you for that. Lysette. I, should go. I, I, might go and, I might go and try later on. There's a couple that makes illuminated fabric. I'm sure about that sounds a bit like it's luminous, doesn't it? Not sure about that. And uh, Sandra says, "Can you wish Linda a very happy birthday for today?" So everybody's celebrating birthdays today. Linda, many happy returns of the day. And Ray and Balham says, "The pessimist says things can't get any worse," and the optimist says, 
Oh, yes, they can. Which is good news. Uh, I think Burton sells silk ties, says Graham. I don't want silk ties. I want a shirt. I want loads of different shirts in all different patterns, because I've decided it's the way to see myself through, through summer. Uh, Cathy says, love your cookery lessons. You look very yummy. I think you're supposed to be looking at the food, actually. I love the way somebody wrote in and said, is that your kitchen? Whereas we've explained about four times, unless you're deaf, that that's the kitchen in the building. <laughs> but never mind. <laughs> Adam says, I've just driven past Marks and Spencer's. 90% off grey suits today. Who wants a suit that's not all there? Goodness sake. You know, I want the whole thing, I'm afraid. Uh, Brian says, do you wish the snow was back? Yes. Yes. I do, actually. I don't like heat. Can't do heat at all. Somebody very unwise is hanging an England flag out of a window I'm just looking at over the road from here. Take it in. Is that the, That's the naked man's flat, isn't it? Oh, naked man, he is above, is he? Oh, dear, there's a worry. Mind you, it could be a duplex. Could be a duplex apartment. That means two floors, which is lovely. Uh, Phil says, the only reason you'd go to Wimbledon, Steve, is for the strawberries. I would, actually. I think they're really good value, the strawberries. They say 25 pence a strawberry. I think that's quite good. Uh, and the Hickstead Derby, says Gina, won by Guy Williams, who was Brill. Everybody talks about the football. No, they don't. <laughs> Not anymore. They sh- Listen, we-, we should be booing them. Every single paper this morning has actually gone... Uh, route of Africa, England humiliated in, in record 4-1 trouncing. That's the mirror. Uh, Fab refuses to quit as we limp out of cup. Woeful England heading home goes the express. Little John, I've already told you what uh, what he said. The sun, you let your country down. They don't care. They're going back to their multi-million pound mansions. We pay them 150 grand away. They couldn't care less. As I said, individually, very nice. As a team, rubbish. Germany 4, England 1, Fritz all over. Dopey linesman disallows England's clear equaliser. Well, it wouldn't have made the slightest difference, I'm afraid. Lampard and his uh, and his goal. It was disallowed, but the bookies have said that they're going to go for it. But, to be honest with you, it wouldn't have made the slightest difference. 4-1. 4-1. England's worst World Cup defeat. And so what they're going to do, and all the, uh, the programme, they're going to try and analyse it. It's like closing the stable door after the horse has bolted. John Nicholl will be looking through the uh, papers today. The World Cup, who's to blame... Bob Wilson will be uh, joining Nick, the former Arsenal goalkeeper and goalkeeping coach. Who's to blame? Us! We can't play football. There's nobody to... How can you blame anybody else? They are professional foot. That's what they do. They are professional footballers who can't play football because you can't beat a junior team from Germany. Ridiculous. I'll be talking to Neil Ashton, News of the World football writer. And uh, what else today? Why are the majority of crimes in London committed by black men? Black men caught up in crime from a, a young age. Did you see that dreadful programme? I mentioned it over the weekend. I'd forgotten how bad it was. And it's where they send three so-called posh girls to Peckham to meet three rough girls who can't speak. I mean, I, I, th- I thought it was a joke programme. I said yesterday. I didn't realise it was quite serious. When, when one of the girls, yeah, but, no, but, yeah, but, no, but. I thought it was, it was Chavi Vicky. Whatever her name. What's that one on the television? What's the name? Vicky Pollard. And, and and you can understand why she got this this character. It was just so awful. This poor girl couldn't string two words together, but had no idea until one of the, the posh girls, the so-called posh girls, go, Mumsy, just seen like a police car here. It's like, you know, there's a raid. Seen five police cars. OK, speak to you and Daddy later. Bye. And puts the phone down. And this, this, this poor, poor chavvy girl said she's made so much effort to try and not be chavvy. She had no idea until one of these so-called posh girls said that she was chavvy. And she had no idea. She said, so all my work has been in vain. I thought, well, quite clearly, you've got no idea. But it's, it's this other one. It's the girls in the tracksuits. It's, it's a bit of a butch kind of a look. It's the kind of thing you'd wear if you were going into Big Brother. And frankly, 
uh, the other day we did make the comment that somebody had been evicted, but to be honest with you, we didn't have the faintest idea who it was because nobody's watching the programme anymore. They've kind of given up. We couldn't care less, and we, we, we've decided just to uh, give up, I'm afraid, completely on Big Brother. Like, we've given up on football, but we haven't given up on Big and And if you didn't go this year, go next year. I promise you, you have a really good time, but take a sun hat. You watch, next year it'll be raining. Please God, it's not. Uh, the Independent today, they scored a perfectly good goal that wasn't awarded, but England shouldn't complain. Germany outplayed them. In other words, we was rubbish. It's quarter to seven. <laughs> News headline, Sam Pittis. Fabio Capello has called for urgent talks with the Football Association. Morning, every 13 minutes to seven, Monday morning. Apparently, Big Brother's plans to, uh, to have a big get-together at the end of the series, have fallen apart because, according to the Star today, uh, many of the former winners have refused to go on it. Surprisingly, Brian Dowling said no, Kate Lawler, Cameron Stout, uh, Jack D, Mark Owen and Alex Reid are all understood to have rejected the chance to appear. Really? How surprising. I thought some of those would be absolutely jumping at it. Uh, this year's main show will end on August the 24th. Going that long, is it? We've got ages to go yet. I wouldn't bother watching. There's nothing on that. There's no, nobody interesting in it at all, I'm afraid. It's all very, very disappointing. Except the Jordan lookalike, who doesn't look like a Jordan lookalike at all. She looks like Lorraine Chase. She does look like Lorraine. You truly wafted here from paradise. Nah, mate. Luton Airport. Lorraine Chase. How lovely. Ozzy Osbourne has snubbed uh, the Hollywood greats and wants a young brummy to play him for a movie of his life. I don't know. Would anybody actually be interested in going to see a film about the life of Ozzy Osbourne? Who would play Sharon? I can't imagine who'd play Sharon or the daughter or Jack or any of these Jack the Adrenaline Junkie. I don't know who'd play... It's more... I'm more interested. I'd love to meet Sharon Osbourne. Love to meet Sharon Osbourne. That'd be quite a dream, actually, meeting Sharon... Because I think she's quite feisty. In fact, I think she's very feisty. And uh, I think we could actually get on quite... She'd be a very good in conversation. Because I think she's very clever. There are certain people that I, that I like and I admire for their talent in moving and shaking other people. Sharon would be one of them. Maybe the other one. Claire Powell, who's Peter Andre's agent. I don't know how much longer Pete's career is going to go. I've talked about this with, with sort of different friends. I'm not sure he's going to go for, you know, a huge amount of time. Three hit singles. I don't think he could stretch it out much longer. And Max Clifford, of course. Absolutely the man who could... And Stephen Mulhern said the other day that if various people were going to leave the panel of Britain's Got Talent or The X Factor, you could bring in Max Clifford. Because he, he could be quite honest. And he could, he could tell people what it would be like. Because he knows, you know, it's no good going on there and sort of saying, oh, you know, I think it could be really good. The trouble is Louis Walsh, who's supposed to be quite good at it, is actually too complimentary to people. Whereas I think you have to say to him, listen, we're still waiting a year on for Joe McKeldry's album to appear, and so far nothing has happened in that department, and I'm beginning to wonder whether or not... I mean, he must have a contract that says, you know, this is what you've won, and it will be, a, it will be an opportunity for you to uh, get in the charts. And you would hope that they would go in. Let's face it, they managed to get normally a song out at the end of X Factor quite quickly. So why it takes so long to get an album out? I mean, a year, you get the feeling they're kind of sort of not as interested as, as maybe they were. Because he's had a few photo shoots, and I'm thinking, you know, a year on, the public have kind of forgotten about you, really. I think they've forgotten about you. It's a shame. I mean, let's face it, if, if, if other people... And at this rate, Ollie Muir's album is going to be out quicker than Joe McKeldry. Do you know, actually, on the, on the subject of the World Cup, and I don't really want to dwell on it too much, because you remember that when we played during the week in Twickenham, which was in our second game, which we weren't particularly good at either. We did win. Um, all of a sudden, the power went off. And the power went off quite quickly. 
and we sort of sat there for ages and ages, and uh, and then it stayed off, I think, for about an hour and 15, 20 minutes. And I began to think, oh, this is never... And then, of course, the water was off at the same time, so everybody was very fed up. But uh, last night, 25 million watched the game. 20 million of people uh, at home, 5 million went to pubs. And at the end, they all walk out very dejected. I know people who walked out of pubs before the game had finished because they knew that it was, uh, it was done. Apparently, 2.8 million pork pies were sold by one supermarket in time for the game. Really? Well, people sit there eating pork pies, do they? How many pints were drunk over the course of the game? 35 million. I think it started off with 5 million, and then the, uh, the other 30 were drunk after it was discovered that we'd uh, lost. Uh, ice cream sales. You could fill 55 swimming pools with all the ice cream. And how many extra TVs were sold by Tesco on the back of the World Cup? 10,000. Well, people didn't have a television. So they went out and bought a television. Blimey. How strange. Oh, people going, ah, that'll be a lot of people going to buy the HD televisions and then going, oh, we'll take it back now. Costco used to have that. But you could always tell when there was a football game on. People went to buy a television in Costco. And then come the Monday morning, they'd all be queuing up because Costco had a policy of you can take anything back, even if it was a couple of years later. They've changed that now. They've changed that now. How many burgers were eaten yesterday? Two million. I saw this disgusting programme. It was one of, it's, it's something to do with fast food and how ill you can get from these filthy burger places where they look clean, all the staff are wearing you know, T-shirts with their name on. Underneath the units, mice droppings. I mean, disgusting, filthy places. You know, you really need to look at them. Don't just go on the exterior. You want to see what's out the back. That gives you the, the indication of how bad some of them are. And in one of them... They, the inspectors went in there and they were testing and they were cooking burgers, but there was no customers. He said, what are you doing? He said, well, we, we part cook the burgers. And then people come in later, we carry on cooking them. I thought, oh, dear me. Disgusting. All the, I, mean, I discovered in one of the places in, in Twickenham that does this chicken, where it comes from, Thailand, the chicken comes from. Thailand, comes in frozen, they just deep fry it. <gasps> Why people eat it? I've got no idea. It's so much cheaper to eat fresh stuff. How many extra TVs were flown out to Afghanistan so the troops could watch, watch the game? 300. 300 televisions. Mind you, all the wags. We had to have a little laugh at the wags, didn't we? They all went out there. Oh, we're going to go out and do some shopping. Christine Bleakley, you know. So would you like to explain how, how football works, Christine? Are you? No, would you like to explain how the foot... Are you? Would you like to explain how the football works? I'm joining breakfast television. <laughs> <laughs> so much fun with Christine Bleakley, couldn't you? Can't wait to see it. As I say, all the people down there are going, she's got no journalistic experience whatsoever. Absolutely nothing at all. But uh, do be careful today, because as the temperature uh, rises and rises, the only thing that's going down is the budget for Jordan's wedding. She told us in the paper yesterday she's doing it on the cheap. She's doing it, apparently, 30 quid a head for the, uh, for the food. Well, as anybody will tell you, that you might as well go to McDonald's, get a Happy Meal. And uh, Sue Carroll says Jordan's planning a cheap wedding and it's not going to cost much either um, because she's planning on singing. She's managed to get loads of people for free. They reckon JLS are going to perform for free. Oh, don't, boys, don't. And diversity, don't. It's naff. You'll be free. It's like being associated with Eurovision. You don't want to be associated with it. People go, what are you doing that for? You can't need the work. Please, you can't need the work. It's just not... Oh, look, here she is. She does need the work. It's Kelly Brook. Kelly Brook's in the papers today. The reason she's here is she's in Barbados for a break. Well, you haven't actually done anything, have you, darling? A break from what? A break from splitting up with Danny Cipriani. No, 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 no. Sorry, Daily Mirror. You've screwed up on this one. She's already been out with two other blokes since Danny Cipriani. So she's having a, a break from 
Oh, yeah, she was pictured in the papers with them coming out of a club the other night. She was in uh, another club the other night. In fact, within two days... Well, she was with them, so I'm assuming that's going out. If I go out with you and we're photographed, that's us going out. Whether or not you think it's something else is in your mind. But she's going out with them, so she gets photographed, and somebody, and she was snogging one of them. Luckily, phew, there was a cameraman there to take the picture. Girl, that was close, wasn't it? She actually nearly kissed somebody without there being a cameraman there. Phew! Blimey, don't want to get that panicky. But she's off to Barbados to get away uh, from, from all the press. Uh, you remember she was sharing a kiss with Glee star Matthew Morrison, and then she jetted off on holiday. Oh, dear, hope you get over it soon. Kelly Brook is 30. <laughs> Ronnie Wood has found uh, a new burlesque dancer to go out with. He does go out with the oddest people, doesn't he? There was that peculiar creature that he went out with. He went on, on Big Brother. Uh, then he went out with somebody else, and now this is somebody called Fifi Le Bom. And she calls him Mr. Wiggle. Fifi Le Bomb and Mr. Wiggle. Couldn't make it up. He's currently dating a Brazilian beauty. He shared a cosy lunch with uh, Melissa Hammond, that's her real name, uh, after they met at a club where she was performing. I don't really know what burlesque dancers are. I know we've had to suffer with this dreary Dita Von Tease, who's everywhere. Oh, that's what I've just remembered. Gary Barlow could take over from Simon Cowell on The X Factor. Because he knows all about... He'd be a good choice. He's a bit boring. But, I mean, he, he would be a good choice for... No, he's, he is quite... But I've heard interviews. He's got one of those boring sort of... Not quite as boring as Adrian Charles's voice, but quite boring. He came in here... He was dull. He was dull. I know he was lovely to look at, but you go on looks, don't you? He's very attractive and he's very rich. But uh, he's boring as interviews go. I'm terribly sorry. He is dreary. He was the only one in Take That who couldn't dance. In fact, you've only, exactly, when you just look at him going, oh, Gary Barlow, really cute. Uh, so anyway, so here is this burlesque dancer, Fifi Le Bom. I mean, you couldn't make it up, could you? Anyway, she, she danced. Uh, this, this Dita Von Tees apparently dances in a giant plastic cup or something. And people go, it's a champagne glass, isn't it? How naff. I mean, a burlesque dancer. What's the point of that? What's the point of that? Either get, you know, get, get your kit off or don't bother, love. Nobody's interested in a burlesque dancer, especially an American burlesque dancer, but Fifi Le Bomb. One can only hazard a guess, can't you? Anybody watching Doctor Who? People are now asking the questions. Can Matt Smith step into David Tennant's plimsolls? The answer is, no, he can't. It's as simple as that. Uh, although they say, uh, Shelley Vision is saying that he is the best Doctor Who ever and she's the best assistant. Well, it can't be, can it? The best doctor since Baker. I don't believe it. Don't believe it. David Tennant was definitely the best one. And I never watched it. Well done to Prince Harry. He was uh, out in New York for a marathon the other day. I'm sorry, we need Prince William out doing things. But Harry's turning out to be the action man. Oh, sorry about that. Don't forget, check out... Oh, happy birthday to Sarah today. I nearly forgot Sarah's birthday. And lots of love to you, Sarah, from, uh, from the family. They're all wishing you a very happy birthday for today. I think it's uh, 45, isn't it? Lots of love from Jay, from Jack and Harry. I'm back with you tomorrow morning. I'll be here at five. Don't forget, check out the LBC website. Nick's with you after seven. First of all, the business update with Sam Pitters. Thank you, Steve. The FTSE will open after closing down 53.